Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Welcome, everyone, to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on Saga 960. I'm going to have uh, another interview tonight with a friend of mine from Beirut, Lebanon, uh, Dr. Manel Nabulsi. Is that correct, Nabulsi? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> who is uh, a fellow student of mine at the International School of Management in Paris, France. Uh, she got her doctorate in business there. Uh, in addition, and more importantly, she is now a, uh, a coach, a uh, a lifetime coach, a life coach, and uh, certified by whoever the people are that certify such uh, people. And I've been watching her uh, um, social media recently, and she's done a couple of fascinating seminars. And one was on uh, the several different stages of relationships. So uh, I'd like to hear about what's going on in Beirut. I'd like to hear about relationships and then about some of her other seminars that are happening today. So Dr. Manel, how are you? Hi, Brian. How are you how are, doing? I'm doing well. How are things in Beirut? Let us know. Uh, have you reopened the beaches yet? Uh, the beaches not yet, but the resorts are now open and there is some measurement that they're taking. We ha- we're having a bit of a lockdown after 7 p.m. But before, during the day, we're still going out. Uh, the shopping mall, the shopping areas are open, and uh, there are some areas that are now available for for us to go and to uh, enjoy, as the, the restaurants and everything. But the beaches are not yet open, although the weather is really hot now. Oh, hot. But we have the resource with with swimming pools that are available for us uh, starting today, which is really good. And I hope it will, it will work out. I hope that people would just uh, obey to the rules and not be crowded all the time because nowadays everyone wants the summer and wants the, the pool. So everyone is going on uh, their rooftops and having these uh, uh, inflatable uh, pools so they could sit and enjoy the weather. Inflatable <laughs> so pools on rooftops? Yes, exactly. Oh, really? Are these <laughs> yeah. just in people's apartments or for restaurants or bars or what? Uh, in people's apartments. Really? Maybe. Yep. And how because hot? Is, here, how hot is hot? How is thirty degrees Celsius? So that's hot. Yep, it is. Is that typical for May in Beirut? No, not at all. Sometimes we could have such a weather in August, but not in May. So last week is a, it was a bit like twenty, twenty-two degrees, and and from from one day to another to another day, it just popped up to a 30 degree and it was really hot. <laughs> so I presume all the, the leaves are out and the blossoms are done and uh, summer's on you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So Manel, you've been um, posting a bunch of really interesting podcasts on uh, relationships and one of them was the seven stages or something like that? The five stages in relationship. What are the five stages in relationship? Wow. Those are the best stages that anyone could pass through. The fact is that whenever we go in relationship, we don't know that we have different stages to reach the commitment. So, uh, so the first stage that we go through is the stage, we call it 
the love and the intimacy stage, where in that stage we have, uh, we have the euphoria and you have everything that is beautiful in that relationship. As, uh, as long as the couple as, uh, are seeing the similarities between each, uh, each of them. So it's like the fantasy phase, we call it, the honeymoon phase as well. So everything is beautiful. We only see the similarities between each of the couples. And we have so much uh, endorphin, the happy hormones in our body that are flooding inside of us. So we only have beautiful moments and we're not uh, having any problems in it. And that stage can, uh, can, uh, can be between or can last between a month to two, to two years mainly. But the average of it is like a three-month average of a, of a euphoria or attraction and romance stage. And, um, and they focus a lot on their similarities. So, so they, ignores, uh, they ignore all the imperfections and the flaws that goes in their uh, personalities. So that's the first stage. The second stage is, uh, we call it the stage of the reality, which is where the differences starts to appear. And that stage would begin, would begin to, uh, to happen whenever uh, we start having or seeing the differences we have between each other. That is, uh, uh, um, uh, the differences in the way that we feel, uh, the way that we do, the way that we, uh, we make things, the way that we uh, process things. So that stage, sometimes it can last up to six months. And in that stage, we sometimes think, oh, is that the person that I've met in phase one? Why did he change? Or is that the girl that I've met her? Where are the flowers the, that he used to get me every day? Or where, where, where are her calls or the, the, the service that she used to do me? So it's the stage where we question Mark a lot. And we have lots of um, um, insecurities in it. And we're asking if this would last, if, our, uh, if the love or the person that I met and for, in stage one, uh, if uh, if he will, if he if he is that real person, or he was only just trying to um, to do something just to get me at first, so that stage would lead us to a third stage, which is okay. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. So it sounds to me yeah. like that stage is a difficult stage to get through and out of. A lot of relationships must end during that stage. Exactly, exactly. No, and not in stage two. They ended in stage three mainly. Okay. Mainly all. Everything uh, everything ends or or uh, or flour flourishes in stage three. Whereas stage two, it's like you're questioning. Uh, you cannot understand what's going on between the old uh, the old person that you met and the new person that you're seeing. In fact, he's not he's not changing or she's not changing uh, or doing anything. It's it's the fact that the stages and uh, the commitment and the need for, to put in that relationship is no more needed that much because you got the girl or you got the person that you want or you got the, girl, the man that you want. You don't need to put, again, the efforts that you used to put in stage one. And you have the endorphin, the endorphin that, is, um, that was really in stage one very high. Um, it, it has to, to cool down in a certain way for your adrenaline to get back into basics. You get back into your, the track of your life. You don't need to make lots of things to get back the person uh, because you know that there is a love and there is connection. So over here, we're just seeing the differences. And, um, and you wonder if you are still in love uh, and if this relationship can proceed or can, can, can go on into another stage. So this is why we go in stage three. Okay, stage well, three. we're going to take, yes. take a break for yes. a message and come back on stage three. Stay with us.
Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crombie Radio. We're chatting tonight with Dr. Manal Nabulsi, a life coach from Beirut, Lebanon, and she's taken us through the five stages of relationships. And Manal, you were just about to go into stage three. What's stage three? Stage three, we call it the disappointment stage. Okay, it's the hardest stage because everything in it is like a routine. So in that stage, the couple spend about one year in that stage working on their differences. In an, in an effort to get uh, to get an unhealthy relationship. So um, if you're able to communicate in a healthy way and to not to compete all the time with your with your partner, you could uh, you could uh, just progress into later on. If you know how to communicate, if you know how to understand that you are different than your partner, that stage one would not get back into stage uh, into another stage and that you can move on by communicating by understanding their needs by understanding their love language by understanding what they need so if they can come up come out from that stage with understanding and love knowing that uh, that they want to commit or to be committed together they can move on later on so this is the stage where we say it's the hardest one because if they don't commit, there is, this is where the breakup would, would happen. This is where divorces happen. This is where they, they, they just leave and someone would, would, would want to leave that relationship. So we have to know that conflict happens in relationship. And it's very natural that we have to move on from stage one to two to three. We have to understand that we are not similar. And we have to understand that uh, we have to make an effort to, un, uh, to uh, sustain or have a healthy relationship. So these conflicts are or can, can come from the needs, from the love language. We have different kinds of love languages, from the different background that we live in, from the, the way that uh, we are used to in life and treating our, ourselves or the envision and the goals that we want we're not meeting ourselves in the same goals and uh, the same way and um, and the needs uh, the emotional sexual uh, mental and physical needs that we want from each other we have to be clear what i need from that relationship and what i need from that person i need to tell him that i'm expecting one to three in that relationship and and and, uh, and forth i need to let my partner a partner tell me exactly what he needs in that relationship and why I want that relationship, what I expect from it to happen and uh, what I need him to do. That's really important, the needs. In your experience, Manel, do people actually sit down and talk about uh, with their partner what their needs are? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> at first, we, we're in love. We, we only see the similarities. We don't care if, we, if, if he's different than me. But the thing is, whenever we go into stage two and then stage three, we see the differences. So we have to sit and talk and write down what I expect from him and what he expects from me. And he has to write down exactly a list of things that he expects from that relationship. What are the things that he's expecting? Does he need me to be physically uh, for him uh, whenever needed? How does he uh, define infidelity if I 
go out with my mate friends, would that bother him? I, we need to put, we need to communicate all of these because we're over here in a team, okay? We're not living separately. But, but we most, have, people, most people don't do that, do they? They don't go through and write down uh, a statement of their needs. It sounds almost like a contract. It, it is, it is, uh, it is like a contract. Otherwise, how would you know how to handle the problems later on? Are you just trying to, uh, to just uh, uh, throw the problems to the future and you would say, okay, I'll, I'll try to solve the problems in the future or if things don't, doesn't happen, we'll, we'll break up. Why would you want to think of the worst case scenarios? Why won't you think of the best case scenarios of each of the issues? Why do you want to have an unhealthy relationship? Do, no, don't you want to things. sustain relationships? One of the things you mentioned is talking about how often you want intimacy. Isn't that natural? Is that something you actually talk about the frequency of? Um, exactly how it's about, it's not about how we, how often we want uh, intimacy, how, how we want the intimacy and how we can increase that desires. Because at some times uh, there are some uh, fluctuations in the emotions that we have. We have to be clear about all the things that we need from that partner. If we're not satisfied, in a sexual way, we need to admit and need to say to make that relationship better. Because if I start seeing some void in that relationship, uh, definitely one of the person will start seeking that outside the relationship. We don't want that to happen outside the relationship. If the partner is over here to fulfill those needs and to come up with creative ideas, just to be committed and connected more together, intimately, physically, morally, and emotionally, this is where we have a healthy, sustainable relationship for the future. Okay. Okay. So, so, that's, so this is, that, that's stage three. So this is where the stage, this is where the uh, partners would, uh, would stay together or leave each other. Okay. So if they stay together, that would lead them to stage four, which we call it the stability stage. Okay, okay. Uh, if they navigate already uh, perfectly from the unstable, unstable, un unstable uh, phase of, uh, of stage three, that would uh, make them go into the stability, which is more enjoying, resting. We now understand that we have two different partner, two different people working as a team. Okay, and there is a we, and there is a hundred percent commitment from her and 100% commitment from, uh, her, uh, from him. So there is not 50-50. I have to put 100% and I, am, I have to focus on what I am putting and I have to focus on what I am giving to that relationship. So in that, in that stage, uh, the couple, they, they, they have a history together and they've been working throughout all the difficulties and the differences of stage two and three. So the fantasy of uh, stage one is uh, completely gone in a certain way. We're not no more uh, wanting to have the desires. So this is why sometimes you have people who have lots of uh, uh, relationship. They, they love to stay in stage one. So you see them going on from one relationship to another. They just don't, don't try to uh, move on to stage two because they love the fantasy uh, stage. So over here, we're okay. We understand that stage one cannot happen again, but we can presume uh, or we can resume the, the action and the love because we have history together, we have love and we have connection. 
connection and we feel more connected together, uh, we, we want to preserve that communication. And we know exactly that sometimes, sometimes we are bored from each other. Sometimes we, we think about uh, having uh, uh, the euphoria of, this, of uh, the stage one, but we know that if we want to commit to that partner, we need to move a bit forward so we could go to the stage, which is the stage five, the commitment. The commitment. And how long does it yes. take to get to commitment stage? Depending on the clients, depending on how strong the clients can, can maintain or can go from stage to straight stage. Let's say from stage one, stage one can last between two to two years between couples. Stage two can last up to six months. Uh, stage uh, three can last around uh, two years, depending how much they're going to fight and, and, and uh, understand each other breaking in and out and uh, going in and out, uh, back and forth in that relationship. Stage five, it can happen whenever uh, the couples are 100% sure that they want to be committed together. That would be in marriage, that would be in uh, getting uh, uh, more connected, committed. It could be not marriage, it could be they commit, they live with each other, uh, they get children sometimes. So this is, they become a team and uh, they have passed through all the things and they know they will always have uh, some conflicts and they will always have different ideas. They understand each other and they understand that they are not alike, but at the same time, they are mature and they want the sustainable uh, relationship and love that can last for them. So, uh, so this is... Do most people what? wait until they've gone through these five stages before they commit or do people commit too early and then end up having major hiccups because they commit after stage one or, or yes. in stage three. Yes. There are so many people who would, who would commit after stage one and this is where problem occurs. This is where we start having all the problems and all the things that we want in that relationship because you're not born um, uh, with an education about love. We, 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 we don't have an education how to sustain a relationship. There are no books and courses uh, whenever, uh, before you get married, that would teach you how to do it because you just assume that love can rescue everything. Whereas, in fact, it shows that we have lots of divorce nowadays. I'm talking about in Lebanon, for example. I don't know in Canada how it is. But in Lebanon, we have a very high ratio of divorce. And I'm one of them. So, uh, so when I divorced, I didn't know exactly because I was in phase one. And I... Um, I said yes because I was enjoying and I was really young and I was really young and uh, uh, not a thinker at all at that time. I was so naive, I would say. I was taken by the love and, uh, and at that point I said, okay, what do I want more? He loves me. He can do everything to me. I enjoy my time with him. Why not? I could marry him. So I had this picture that love after marriage would stay forever because this is what they taught us. Remember Cinderella? Yep. Remember all these, uh, uh, all these movies that would show you that love would, would conquer everything and forever, they would be forever in love. So this is what we had in our mind. This is what I had in my mind. So this is what happened, or it happens to mostly all the, mostly all the people. They think that it can really um, sustain or the love can sustain and can be defeated at the end but what happened is when we started a relationship uh, there, there, 
there, there are so many conflicts that arises in that relationship and we get surprised you know, how does someone we like a lot can really activate the worst part in us. So this is where we start conflicting with each other and we're not okay with it. We're, we're just wondering what's going on. So what happened with your marriage? Did you go to, into stage two or stage three and not get out of it? Yep, exactly. So I got married, I was like 22, 23 years old and, um, and it lasted for five years exactly. Although I, I knew him three years before marriage, we were, we were uh, going out for three years before marriage, but uh, it was the euphoria, it was the stage of the euphoria. I saw in, in him everything that I wanted about man. So it started to show that he is not the person that I want to be with. His goals became different than my goal. I had bigger goals. He, he, wanted, he, he, doesn't, he didn't want to grow with me. I wanted to uh, finish my master's, then do my PhD. I wanted to work more and I wanted to, have, uh, to achieve uh, uh, better goals and to work on myself. He was all the time shutting me off and not letting me to not letting me grow in a certain way. So, so I was, our life started drifting away. And uh, at such a young age, you clearly would have uh, gone through a lot of growth uh, between your early twenties and, uh, and 30. Yes. yes, exactly. So, uh, so when I started developing myself, I woke up one day and I said to myself, if I'm going to continue that life with that person, I will stay where I am. And I would be losing a lot of my dreams. Um, uh, and, and, and if I stay with him, uh, I'm only doing that because he wants me to stay and because he wants me to continue that family because we had a daughter at that time. So I said to myself, my daughter, one day she's going to have her life and she's going to grow and to enjoy life um, better than me. So if I'm going to stay in that unhealthy marriage, I would only uh, give her the the unhealthy unhealthy uh, uh, lifestyle. So I wanted. Uh, so I said to myself, I had to leave the house. I had to file for divorce and let go of that marriage because it was only a fairy tale for me. And I chose the the wrong person. I chose the wrong person because inside of me I was insecure. I had so many things inside of me that were not developed at 22 years. I was really young, and uh, I saw in him the person. Uh, that I don't want to spend my life with. I want to spend my life with someone who would grow with me, who would love me. So it turned out that it was only uh, the dopamine, the, the hormones of, uh, of happiness that drove me to marry that person. But I didn't think in a wise way. I was only following my heart. I didn't follow the right decision. I was really young at that time. We're chatting with Dr. Manel Nambusi about relationships. Stay with us. We're going to take a quick break for messages and be right back with you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crombie Radio. We're chatting tonight uh, with Dr. Manal Nabulsi, a life coach from uh, Beirut, uh, uh, Lebanon. And uh, Manal, um, you know, I thought you were a life coach. Sounds like you're more a, re- a, a marriage counselor, a relationship counselor. <laughs> well, and, sorry. <laughs> when I started the life coaching, I started as a career coach. And then by time when I started seeing people coming to me, um, and asking me for advices about relationship and so forth, I started giving more into the field of wellness and love and relationship because I, I myself had entered all of this and I wanted to understand what was going on after my divorce. So, so in healing myself, I had lots of people to heal themselves in that thing and to understand exactly how, how to choose the right person and how to be confident about what they want uh, how to understand what is love, uh, how to understand exactly what are the needs, because you cannot go into a relationship and bringing with you the child trauma that you have or bring, bringing with you the bad habits that you had from different relationships or from the old relationship. So whenever we go in a relationship, we actually bring with us sometimes the child inside of us. And uh, we, we try to uh, to have this, uh, bad behavior on our partner. So this is why sometimes we need to heal ourselves from inside. We need to understand that the past is only in the past. We cannot just think about it and keep on dragging the old baggage inside the new relationship later on. Sounds like you so must have gone through a, a fair amount of introspection and work uh, when you uh, got divorced and before you became this life coach and now a relationship coach. Mm-hmm. It, what was your question? Sorry. It just sounds like you went through a, quite a process, uh, learning about yes. yourself. and Yes, exactly. It's a beautiful process, but you understand exactly where did, you do, where, where did you go wrong, what happened, and to forgive yourself in certain times. Because there are some times in my life, after my divorce, I was like, why did I do this? I started blaming myself and uh, accusing myself and ashamed myself. And I was really... Um, uh, a bit of a fear of committing or being committed again because I had this past experience and I was like, but what if this would happen again? What if I, I don't meet the right person? What if there is something wrong in me? So you question all of these. So you cannot forgive and let go of the past unless you start healing yourself, healing that inner child inside of you to let go of all these, uh, we call them limiting beliefs that we have. They're limiting your life. There are a certain belief system inside of you and they're limiting your life in a certain way because someone put them in your, in your mind or you kept on repeating them and you believe them. So, so one of the major things is to heal 
and to forgive and to let go of the past so we could move on and have a better future. Heal, forgive, and move on from the past. Sounds like a great uh, recipe. Now, Manel, you've recently uh, posted a, uh, a podcast, uh, an IGTV, about don't compete with your partner, complete them. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, okay. So what happens, uh, what happens is that whenever we're in a relationship, okay, we're trying uh, all the time to compete with our partner uh, um, about the things that we do all the time. That is uh, how, how much I'm investing time and hours versus how much is investing. If I'm taking care of the kids and I have so many things to do in the house and I have my work and I have uh, uh, the laundry to do and I have to call his mom and I have to do these things. I have so many, the big list. And whenever he comes back home, and he's like, he wants to have sex, let's say. And I was like, don't you see, I have all of, all of these lists and you come over here and you want only, you think of the pleasure. The thing is over here is he's not seeing the list and he doesn't care about the list because you are responsible of your own list. You're responsible of what you want to do every day. You can delegate sometimes, you can do things, but that relationship needs co commitment, needs connection. We cannot just, say to that to that partner that we uh we have lots of things and what he's doing is less than what i'm doing or what i'm doing is is really more he's not doing anything it's not hour to hour it's not based on how many hours we're doing it's based on how value it is the value that we have in that relationship so the thing is uh we're all the time competing competing whenever we compete with that partner we're not showing him i'm not over here to show him or to uh, have a better score uh, that uh, look at me, I'm doing better and that will give me a better uh, connection or, or he will validate that. He's not responsible for what I need to do. I'm responsible for the things that I need to do in my life. So this is why sometimes in that relationship, instead of competing, try to complete each other. Try to understand that you are responsible for yourself and your partner is responsible for his things and over here try to communicate in the right way try to tell your partner that, that person or what you need from that person instead of showing him that i'm doing more than you or vice versa so don't and say, I think, say well i make the coffee i make the dinners i do the laundry etc yes instead of all of this it's i i give an example of uh, the lion and the forest okay the thing is what does the lion do the lion takes care of the pride and the territory, okay? He eats, he has sex, and he sleeps. And he, and he kills the, the hyenas if they come. Whereas the lioness is in charge of hunting. It's in charge of uh, uh, the rear of the cubs, and it's in charge of serving the food for the pride. So who's doing more, more work over here? The lioness more than the lion, but they complete each other. Without him, there would, no, there would be no pride. Without the lion, there would be no pride in that forest. So they complete each other. It's not about how many hours he, he works and how many hours she works. It's about how completing that relationship is with both of them. So this is why relationships should, uh, or any partner should work on understanding that this, this relationship is based on connection on communication, 
and on not criticizing or neither accusing nor uh, uh, talking all the things to that partners. We need to understand that we need to communicate, we need to talk, we need to understand each other, we need to um, we need to see exactly how to uh, clear, how to be clear about how to connect. So you you told me so one thing that how can they uh, do they sit and and talk about it? They have to be clear about how to connect. That is um, one of the beautiful example that we that they should do is that they should give ten minutes per day, ten minutes per day each couple couple. To, uh, just to connect together and to make it as uh, as a habit habit every day. So we connect every day for 10 minutes over coffee or over a walk or over eye gazing or over breathing, anything. And in that connection, we talk. We talk deeply or sometimes we don't talk, but we need to connect with our partner at least 10, ta- 10 minutes per day. So Manal, you said that there were needs that we need to be aware of. What Explain that. Um, in fact, in relationship, there are so many things that would make this relationship healthy. And um, there are so many lists of needs sometimes that we go through. Sometimes we, we have a sense or a need for a safety to be in that relationship. And sometimes that need would be uh, to have a mutual respect, uh, to have a genuine uh, uh, love, to have an open and honest communication, uh, to be valued in that relationship and heard. And sometimes would be a need to have a quality time together or to uh, have uh, uh, the, uh, the partner to serve us in a certain way. Deep connection, intimacy need, uh, to embrace the differences. All of these are, are the needs that we need sometimes in relationship. And they vary from, from, uh, uh, from, from uh, couple to, uh, to other couples. So sometimes we have to understand exactly that my needs could be different than my partner's need. So this is why we have to list them over. We have to tell exactly the, 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 the partner, what am I expecting in that relationship? So for me, not to later on react on his action. So this is why we react later on, because we expect the partner to do things for us. We expect him or expect her to do things, although we didn't say or we didn't... We didn't uh, we didn't say something to that partner, so we're assuming over here. So instead of going into assumptions and getting into expectation, and that lead to disappointment later on, and would lead to so many conflict in that uh, relationship, this is where we have to sit and talk about what are the needs that we want in that conver- in that relationship. We need to have a clear conversation uh, about like, uh, the five love love languages that you were referring to earlier. The five love languages are the love languages that you have. We have five different are, love those languages. Those are the needs that you have, right? They're, they're, they're part of the needs, but the thing is, whenever uh, we know that if I have a love language that is uh, the act of service and my partner has a different love language, I have to understand how to speak his language and he has to speak my language because that tank of love that we have inside of us can only be filled whenever he gives me from that love language. So if he speaks to me in a love language that I wouldn't understand, my love tank would, be, would, start, would start to, uh, to decrease. And um, I compare that to certain things as um, the love bank, okay? The thing is about the love, the love bank, bank what is... What is the love bank? Okay. The love bank is um, 
we always we always ask, have you made your your daily love deposit deposit in that relationship? That is, each person has an account with the other person. Okay, so everything you do or you don't do, or everything you say or you don't say, is either a deposit or a withdrawal uh, in the love account account of the person you are in relationship with. So the target is to have a big account, isn't it? We need more money in the bank and we need no we need more love deposits inside of that love bank so uh so like in the bank we want to save money and we want to deposit money more and the same thing in love to maintain a healthier relationship and to have a better connection we need to have a bank love account that is full that is uh, i need to understand my partner's love language i need to become multilinguistic I need to uh, put in that relationship more efforts, more needs that this person would fill his tank or her tank. So we need to make regular deposits in that relationship. Then when, when there is a withdrawal as a five, a misunderstanding, uh, the recovery rate is quicker. So that would make the commitment better. Boy, you know what? I thought you were uh, a doctor in business. It sounds like you're a doctor in psychology. Well, life taught me a lot. <laughs> exactly. Life, taught, life can teach you a lot whenever. Uh, the thing is, my PhD, I was doing it because I, I was a partner in the university. So, so, so I had this, this thing in, in between. I wanted to have a passion for my life, which is the coaching, which is I love doing. But at the same time, I had, I had a family business to run. So I was caught in between. And I said to myself, okay, let's try to combine both. I can do my PhD. Like I do the coaching and uh, I'm a multitasker. I'm, I can do it. I am confident that I can reach it. So why not to combine them? <laughs> well, so this Manel, is why I all these kids. Dr. Manel Nabulsis, thank you so much for joining us today and chatting with us about relationships. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome, Brian. I really enjoy it a lot every time. Thank you so much. That's Brian Crombie on the Brian Crombie Radio Hour with Dr. Manel Nabulsi from uh, Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, I will on... All my links uh, for uh, this show, I'll leave the links to her, uh, her coaching site that you can follow her. Uh, she's got great advice all the time. Thanks, Manel. Sorry, what did you say? You said the first was, thing, the most important thing is to do what? Love yourself. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that the most important thing? Because if you can't love yourself, you can't give love. If you can't respect yourself and yourself, you cannot understand other people. You'll be just trying to please other people. So... Everything starts within us. Everything starts from inside. If we start loving ourselves and understanding what we want and uh, um, forgiving what happened in our life, in the past of our life, and letting go of all the pains and being confident that everything happens in our life, um, we, we, we did it by consciousness and we have a certain path that this happened to have a certain learning out of it. So, uh, so this is why we say that everything starts within our love, the beautiness that we have is from the soul, is what, from you have, what you have from inside of you, from how you treat yourself. If you don't treat yourself good, how do you expect other people to treat you good? So everything starts within us. This is why love yourself first so you could find a better life, so you could heal yourself, so you could enjoy life, so you could do better in life. Well, that has been a fascinating conversation with Dr. Manel Nabusi, a life coach, relationship coach, a business uh, 
um, person from Beirut, Lebanon. Um, we're going to take a break for messages and be right back with a couple of concluding comments. Stay with us. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Well, we're back uh, on the Brian Crombie Radio Hour, Saga 960. So I really enjoyed this conversation about relationships with uh, Dr. Manal Nabulsi uh, from Beirut, Lebanon, uh, as I mentioned, a life coach, a relationship coach. Um, she's actually a business uh, school professor. She's got her uh, doctorate in business, um, PhD, I think, actually. And, uh, and, you know, it's interesting because she's gone through a divorce and now she coaches people on relationships. And some people would say, oh, well, someone that's gone through a divorce isn't the right person to coach people and tell people about relationships. But frankly, I think they are. Because as she said, the divorce got her to go through the deep thinking about who she was, uh, what was right for her, finding her inner child again, um, and uh, and then go and do a lot of studies about uh, about what needed to uh, to be done to create successful relationships and successful marriages. And so I think that uh, she is the right person to listen to. Um, uh, I really quite enjoy her. Her uh, her Instagram is Coach uh, Manal Nabulsi on Instagram, and she posts a lot of her uh, IGTV videos there and podcasts. Um, some of them in uh, in languages I can't understand, uh, but some in English, and so check it out. And and the one thing that she mentioned that I really quite like uh, is uh, is a book uh, that uh, that I read uh, that I think um, has a lot of lessons in it, and it's the five languages of love. And and the point that uh, Manel made in this book uh, makes is that you've got to figure out. Uh, what the love language is of your partner and uh, and that different people are very different in what their love languages are. And and I want to remind you, I've, I've spoken about this before. I did a show on Valentine's Day uh, actually about this, uh, but what these love languages are. Because I think to the extent that you can think about, you know, what the languages are and what your partner's languages are, I think it's extremely helpful. So the first one is words of affirmation. Some people just need to hear what you think about them and that they love you and encourage you and that whatever it is that you're doing is appreciated. Second is physical touch. Clearly, some people just need to be touched, whether it's a sexual touch or an intimate touch or a romantic touch or just a soft touch, a handhold. Some people just need to be touched. Receiving gifts is number three. Some people want to get gifts. They want to get flowers. They want to get chocolates. They want to get a card. Um, That's what they want, whether it's expensive gifts or small gifts that mean something. They just want to be given gifts. Other people just want quality time. They don't care about the money. They don't care about the monetary things. They want a friend that they can spend time with, whether it be time talking. And I love Manel's idea of 10 minutes of a checkpoint every day with your partner, or whether it's just time cuddling up, watching TV together. And then the final one is acts of service, sort of you know doing the laundry, washing the dishes, emptying the dishwasher, um, mowing the grass, um, calling your mom, whatever those acts of services are. So I think that those five languages, uh, words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, and acts of service are really helpful things that Manal mentioned, that there's a book about, that I've talked about, that lots of people have talked about, that are helpful if you can figure out what are the right things for you and what are the right things for uh, your partner. Anyway, that's uh, Manal Mabusi um, and Brian Crombie on the Brian Crombie Radio Hour, Saga 960. Good night. No radio?
No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.